Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community. All right, uh, this week my guest is... Hi, this is Luke from Couch Troll Brewing. Nice to have you on the podcast. Uh, would you like to promote anything, you know, the Twitter address or Twitch or YouTube or anything like that? I'll add it to the show notes, but let us know a little bit. I have a very, very small YouTube channel. I, I create it mostly just to be able to... I record my videos just for me to rewatch them and learn, but I put them out for the public. You can find those by searching uh, Couch Troll Brewing. And you can find me on Twitter, at GeekLukeG. Hmm. That's about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, definitely everyone should check out his content. We need to support each other in the magic community. So... Um, I've been, uh, playing just a little backstory about myself. I've been playing magic for, I got back into magic last year and I used to play in the nineties. So about 1995 to 1999 and no, I don't have any black Lotus or anything cool like that, but still have <laughs> all my classic cards and gave it up for a long time and started again last year. So, uh, how long have you been playing magic in general? Um, I started playing Magic back in uh, 2009. Uh, about M10 LR block was my first packs that I was really buying into. I was super casual, just kitchen table stuff. Mm -hmm. I took a reasonably long break after Rise of the Eldrazi ended, mm -hmm. and I didn't really get back into it until, um, ironically, when they re returned to Zendikar and went back, I... Um, Started back up in about Oath of the Gatewatch, really um, playing Magic properly again. Mm -hmm. Now, during that first block, was there, uh, were, because I wasn't around back then, but were there like the huge colorless creatures back at that first go around to, uh, with the Eldrazi? Oh, yeah. The, um, the three Titans the first time around were there and big and in charge. Emmercool. The Eons Torn, hmm. um, that 15 mana monstrosity of <laughs> yes. a creature. That thing is so gorgeous. Uh, but yeah. Okay. I like collecting the Titans. I didn't necessarily play with them much outside of EDH. Now, do you, um, do you mostly then play or do you, like you're saying, collecting, do you also like to collect um, cards or like, concepts as well as play with the cards for when i first got into it i just had my cards i had my rare binder and they just sat there and then when i got out and i came back in at oath i was like okay how can i um turn these cards into actual playable cards i just got like probably 300 rares sitting next to me in a binder that i still haven't like traded away mm -hmm. my initial go through my binder pulling out cards that had real monetary value before the initial reprint of Scalding Tarn, I had two never shuffled Scalding Tarns just sitting in my binder mm. that I would never use. Yeah. So when I got back in, I traded those out for uh, actually a whole pile of cards. <laughs> yeah, might as well put them to good use if they're not in any sort of decks or anything. Absolutely. For, for myself, when I was, uh, so my day was back. Uh, like Ice Age is like my favorite set and purely for nostalgia. It wasn't like a very powerful set, although it did have Necropotence, which was 
at the time one of the game-breaking cards. Um, so I never got one of those back in the day. And I never completed um, like a set of cards or anything like that. I just would buy boosters and uh, intro packs here and there and just play with my brother and friends in high school. But after I left it for a long time and came back to it last year, I thought, well, it might be fun also uh, to try collecting. So I do that too. I usually buy uh, a booster box and then try to collect at least one of, of the cards that I can. And then I make decks with the rest. So I've got a binder or two. I've got like a complete collection of Ixalan. That's the one that I kind of feel like after I got back into Magic, like that's the set now that years later, I'll look back on that one for nostalgia. Uh, the one where I got back into it with dinosaurs and pirates and all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, Ixalan's a blast. Yeah, very strong tribal element to it. So um, how long have you been playing Magic Arena? Another YouTube creator, a friend of mine, uh, Ed at Brain Pulp TV, uh, he got g given some uh, streamer stuff. His his channel's a lot bigger than mine. He's in the thousands of uh, followers. Mm -hmm. So Wizards actually gave him a bunch of codes and stuff. And then one of the streams that was supposed to happen, the client was actually down, so he couldn't actually do his stream. So he kind of just sent out emails. Hey, who wants a key? Because I was supposed to give these away on stream that didn't happen. So I ended up getting back in in July before during the closed beta. Oh, that's a cool. That's uh, uh, that's like the most unique story I'll probably hear about how people got into arena. Uh, I think a lot of people would. Um, I, well, the, the biggest influx probably is from people when they went to open beta. Uh, but I got into it. Well. I uh, requested invite access in January of 2018, and I didn't hear back until about April, and then I got my access code in April, so it was three months of waiting, and then I got into it in April and have been playing it uh, a little too much since then, but you know that's what happens when something is way too much fun. Yeah, those quicker games and those animations can really make the the experience addictive. I'm still live or die like mtgo just for the actual formats and stuff yeah uh, my biggest uh thing is playing popper and i actually started making videos for my channel um making popper content and then what when arena went open beta i was like well i'm playing this some it's gotten a lot better in the last few months but i've been playing i was playing it some so i started recording and i've been getting more interest that way and i'm been spending a lot more time just grinding gold so i started recording more of the videos yeah the, the visual aspect the audio aspect and i think the ease of use of it has really improved and um it's kind of cool that they can do weird sort of formats like the uh, amazonian uh draft or play anything draft that one's crazy like you can't do that in real life um, so it's cool that they keep improving the game and just, uh, trying different things. Yeah. That Amazonian draft is probably the closest you're going to get to a vintage experience on MTGO or on MTG arena. Yeah. It's like just busted six mana spells on turn one. Why not? Yeah. I was watching a streamer that had, uh, they spent probably like, it felt like 
two minutes straight on their turn one while their opponent was doing nothing, just waiting for the opponent to, for the streamer to do his thing. And he was like playing, I don't know, like uh, a bunch of draw spells and discard spells and just like totally filtering something out for so long. And the person had no way to really interact at that point. I'm like, wow, this is so crazy. When you have infinite mana, you have infinite possibilities. Yep. Now, what would you consider then your your skill level, I guess, maybe in regular paper magic and arena magic? Are you like a beginner, intermediate, advanced? Um, I'm definitely working towards that advanced. I mean, I'm not like taking down, I'm not like up to mythic tier or anything like that, but I'm definitely working towards that direction, building up my collection that way. I did do a financial investment into the client to kind of helped me along once i decided i was going to make a little content for it i didn't want to just have another free to play account it just seemed like i was getting strapped too hard on my even my common wild cards were running out yeah i see but i'm definitely closer to the advance and i am the beginner but i'm not all the way there if that makes sense (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does because you've got the experience in real life magic and then now there's the digital, well, this version of the digital magic and you've got experience in MTGO. So yeah, I would say you're definitely uh, getting up to up there to that advanced level by the sound of it. And I know that your, like your contributions on the Discord server, they sound also very well reasoned and um, and like useful. I try to help when I can. Yes, very much appreciated. Now, at the moment, um, focusing on Arena, what would you say is like your single favorite card? It doesn't have to be like a power card. It could be some weird, fun, janky thing. But like, what's your favorite card at the moment? My favorite card right now has got to be, I've done a lot of limited, and it's got to be Sonic Assault. It's proven to be my favorite card. I see that one is an is it card. I should look it up because I've got a computer, but let me see if I get it off the top I, of my head. I'll just I can just rattle it off for <laughs> sure, if you want. Yeah. It deal, it one, taps a, a creature. red and a blue with uh, jump start, and uh, it's um, instant speed tap target creature, and its controller takes two damage. Oh, so yeah. you tap a blocker out of the way and you shock their face. Mm-hmm. It's a really good card. I've had. My three best, my three decks that I've done in limited that were the single game limited that I've actually gone 7x. I've had two 7-2s and a 7-1. Wow. Have had three copies of Sonic Assault in them for each one of those decks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I did have a draft at some point where that Sonic Assault was way better than I thought it would be. So I totally agree on that card then is that a card if you're doing constructed is that a card that you put in there like what's your favorite deck that you're playing at the moment my favorite deck to play is again going back to the is it guild i've tried a many different flavors of niv mizzet well like one or two copies but uh probably just uh is it control i've had a lot of um I, it's not necessarily the best versus like aggro type strategies but once, if you can sneak out a Niv-Mizzet on turn four, turn five, which I've done a few times, it's just busted. 
<laughs> well, the card's busted anyway. Anyway, you cast it just for having a big flyer, being uncounterable, and what is it? Every time you draw a card, you do damage, and every time your opponent plays a spell, you do damage, or something like that, right? You or your opponent play a spell. Any if anybody plays a spell, you get to draw a card and then do a point of damage. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, and then that animation when he swoops in and then perches on on the battlefield, that's fun too. Oh yeah. Definitely. Now are there any cool or fun or weird like what's the what's the moment in arena so far that's stood out to you? All right. Again, sticking with my my is it deck. This was in a constructed game. I played Niv Mizzet, they buried it under like a conclave tribunal or something. Mm -hmm. I had like four or five cards in hand. One of them a um, a disperse effect. I don't remember what that that surveil one with uh, return target permanent to its owner's hand for two mana is. Mm -hmm. What that one's called? Don't recall uh, at the moment. Uh, oh, uh, blink uh, blink of an eye, something like that. Um, it might have been. It might have actually been. It was definitely blink. Actually, it wasn't the surveil one. So yeah, I blinked of the eye. The enchantment back at the end of my opponent's turn mm -hmm. they were at 24 life by the time i got done casting my spells flashing back drawing all the cards i was able to attack and put them down to negative three from 24 in a single turn oh wow that's that living was, the dream right there that was absolutely bonkers my opponent was on jeskai control and i was just on is it control <laughs> yeah I think for me, uh, recently, I was able to cast two Demon of Catastrophes pretty fast, and then the opponent brought in their Carnage Tyrant, and they had 12 life, and I had two 6-6 six, six Flying Demons, and they had just brought in their, you know, their their dream card, Carnage Tyrant, but I'm, I've got two demons that are just going to fly over it for 12 damage, so auto-concede. Yep. Sometimes... I saw that. Sometimes, I was watching that on stream. Yeah, exactly. Now, sometimes people's plans uh, kind of crumble when you've got two big old demons catastrophizing all over you. That demon of catastrophe, going back to when that card was released... I was playing at the paper pre-release mm -hmm. and my opponent went turn two, drew it of the cowl, mm -hmm. turn three, demon of catastrophe, sacrificing the druid of the cowl. Mm -hmm. I did not live very long after that. Yeah, a six six flyer on turn, you know, three. such an early turn that uh, <laughs> that's gonna really shake up the battlefield. Yep. So if you considers yourself a little bit more toward the advanced uh, style of gameplay or skill. Uh, what advice would you give new new players to Magic Arena? We seem to get be getting a big influx of new players because it's in open beta now and it's getting uh, visibility. Yep. My, my best advice for new players coming into the client is... Uh, try to hold your wild cards at least until you unlock all of the pre-constructed two-color decks, those ten decks, except for crafting four Evolving Wilds. Mm. The easiest way you can upgrade any of those two-color uh, deck pre-cons is taking out four basics, putting in the four Evolving Wilds, giving you that extra mana flexibility without having to get four of every one of the extra guild lands. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those four cards will be able to slot into every one of those decks and um, will help smooth out mana draws early. That sounds really good. I think uh, beginners might not quite see too much of a value in lands, even though they're the most important resource of the game. But I think that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. What would you improve about Magic, even though it's obviously the best game ever made? But what would you think about Magic in general, the community, the support from the company, etc.? Like, what would you think about improving? Um, I got two things that really tie together as one thing when it comes to this, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. Sure. And it comes down to attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, some people can be very crash, harsh, um, not welcoming to new players, and we really need to be welcoming. Try not to vilify the net deckers. Don't try to force out people with access, accents, mm-hmm. um, women, transgender people. There's a lot of toxicity out there, especially in like Twitch chat, stuff like that. Yeah. Towards like the different people being on screen than what they're used to when they're look when they're w- trying to watch a magic event. And I I don't really like the kind. Ca- toxicity yeah when it comes totally to stuff like that. totally agree i'm i'm very much of that mindset more people more players more voices that's more good so i completely yep. agree my my second thing is um this one might sound a little weird but try to get a i try to get away from saying good game to my opponent especially like in mtgo and in paper i don't want to i don't say good game i I say thanks for the game. Oh. It's it takes a lot of pressure off the game. Your opponent might end up, you know, be thinking about that uh, misplay they did on turn five, and you're just like, "Hey, th- good game." And then they're like, "It wasn't a good game. I got mm. mana screwed. This happened. That happened." Mm-hmm. When we can, when you say thanks for the game, this this person may have spent up to an hour of their life with you, somebody they've never met before, and thanking them for being there can make them feel good even if they lost and it takes the pressure off the game to where they're not like obsessing as much over but it wasn't a good game for me i didn't get to do my thing yeah i really like that actually i never quite thought of it like that but i think that's a great way to make a connection with the opponent because it's true they may be obsessing over something they didn't do quite right and then your your phrasing of like a stock good game could be better and i think by saying thank you for the game and such i think that's a really cool way to welcome people and um just make them uh you know feel better in the community so if that is perhaps something that could be improved what do you uh like about magic its direction or the game or just in general what do you like about magic my favorite part of Magic is the depth of the game. It, it astonished me once I got back in. Once I got into it in 2009, it's like, oh well, here's a deck. Everybody else is playing different cards. Just there's over 16,000 unique Magic cards. When I was a kid, I grew up playing with Legos, putting and not really following kits or anything. Just building my own little towns and having yeah. my little people. And Magic is just a game of you know, 25 years of Legos to put together with different interactions, different ways to try to play the game. And it's just astonishing to me how much has grown in the last 
25 years. Yeah, it's like a puzzle piece that you can form however you want. Um, I look at my cards that I've got in paper that I might not really play with much, but even even if you think a little bit about how can this interact with that, how can I craft something new or different or interesting? Yeah, magic is so um, so vast. So many cards, 25 years of Legos to play with. And then, and then you add the extra restrictions. You add uh, different formats. Oh, I'm only going to play with commons. Now we're into popper, but I can go back 25 years. Now we're into standard where I can only go back a year and a half. There's so many different configurations, different ways to put it all together. And you add in a little bit of poker. You add in a lot, a little bit of chess once the board gets all monked up. That's <laughs> yeah. where the real magic is. Yeah. Yeah, the interaction and such. Um, in real life, I've played some really weird ways. One way that I did was it's uh, it was a one versus one, but both players draw from the same library. So they draw their seven cards and then they just keep drawing from the top of that one library. So it's like a weird mirror match. Just really weird. And that was kind of fun. So yeah, just a depth of variety in magic. Well, magic is life, but there's other things in life. Uh, what non-magic hobby are you into? Well, I can kind of cheat here a little bit and go back to my content creation for my channel. Um, of course. I have been learning more about that, upgrading mics, computers, stuff like that. But I'm I'm a brewer at heart, and I'm really into brewing as many things as possible. I actually make my own beer. Um, mm -hmm. It's something I picked up a few years ago from a buddy of mine who actually started a brewery in my local town. Oh, cool. So you're giving uh, brewing another meaning. So brewing some decks and brewing some hops. Did I say that right? Um, you, you brew beer hops are one of the components. <laughs> yes. Um, it definitely comes down to like, they're ironically very similar when you actually break it down in components. It's like, okay, well you got the majority of every deck, which is going to be the same, either your base malt or your lands. And then you can go further. It's like, well, I want these kind of hops cause I'm building this style of beer as opposed to like you're doing a magic deck. Well, I want these kind of creatures cause I'm trying to go aggro, etc. But I, I really like iterating. I like trying new things, making small changes to see how that affects either the deck or the beer and the final finished product. It definitely sounds related the way you put it. And uh, you've got that uh, synergy in your, uh, in your, you know, channels and such, uh, with that sort of branding, right? That that's why I chose the to use the tag of Couch Troll Brewing in case I did want to randomly throw up a beer making video, or do like a beer making video while I was doing a deck tech if I really got into it. But that would require yeah at least a tripod. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it might be fun to throw that in there. Uh, I don't know if you ever watch the uh, like LGR videos, Lazy Game Reviews. Uh, he's all about tech and stuff, but once in a while he throws in there like sandwich making videos. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think for myself as well, I've had a YouTube channel uh, for a while now. Uh, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years. 
And for a long time, I didn't quite have a goal. I just put videos. And then I started to put uh, focusing on like comic book videos and then sometimes tech videos and just a variety of things. And more recently, when I got back into magic, I started to do magic videos and magic streaming, but I still do comic books and such. So my other uh, hobby, I think I've got too many. One of that is uh, one of them is that comic books. I've had uh, I've been reading and collecting comics for 30 years since I got my first Spider-Man issue back in 1987. And uh, nice. I, put, I put those kinds of videos also on my channel. Um, and uh, yeah, All right. do you, do you uh, like anything about comics as well? I never really got into it when I was a child or when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I did when the first Civil War was going through for Marvel. For whatever reason, I, I, I'm a Punisher fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Sure. Uh, but I did pick up the Civil War Punisher arc. Mm-hmm. That was like the only comic books I've bought in the last decade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank Castle, his story is interesting. So many of the Marvel characters have such interesting, relatable stories. Well, not that my family was gunned down by the mob, but what I'm saying is right. that once you've got a big inciting incident, it causes you to go to action. And that was like one of the first anti-heroes of the 80s that kind of took took the public by storm and he's around and he's on Netflix and everyone knows the punch for now. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Well, um, I guess as we wind down, um, would you like, uh, any closing thoughts, final promotion, anything you'd like? Um, just, just another request to have everybody try to welcome somebody, everybody be cool with each other. Um, again, this is Luke from couch Patrol brewing. You can find me on YouTube. And Twitter at Geek Luke G. Cool, thank you. And as for myself, uh, you can find me on Twitter, VM Campos. You can find me on Patreon, VM Campos. You can find me on YouTube. I'm VM Campos JR there because someone else took VM Campos before me. So I got to throw in the junior in there. Um, but basically, uh, everywhere online, I'm uh, VM Campos. The best place to go is patreon.com slash VM Campos. You get um, a lot of free stuff, but also some $1 perks, $2 perks. I will actually send out um, a grip of uh, classic vintage magic cards if you join at the $2 and up range. So a lot of good stuff there. And free stuff if if people can't quite afford it at the moment. So uh, thank you, Luke. Um, This has been VM Campos. And I'll see you at the arena. Bye.